What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. I'm Brad. I'm Miguel, guys. What was that? <laughs> and uh, tonight we are talking movies of the 1970s. going to check out you know the whole new hollywood era um mm-hmm. and, and talk about kind of how film changed a little bit we're going to dabble into um you know how film music changed and film scoring and then we'll we'll just kind of talk about some different films stuff that we thought defined the decade um films that we find interesting and that we've come to love so it's going to be a real good one it's a real good one yep. in, our both, in both of our pants so you just got your vaccine today <laughs> you just got your vaccine what? how you feeling Let's change the subject right now. Let's right now. Right now. Let's change the subject. <laughs> yes, guys. I just got my vaccination. And believe it or not, I still don't feel like shit. They literally said like within eight hours, it'll hit you like a truck. And I was like, will be. solid. They said, um, they said, okay, you're going to prepare for this. All right. You're going to get fever. You're going to get the chills. And you're probably going to get diarrhea. Like one, two, and three. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's fine. So like pretty much a hangover from a Mexican restaurant. And she literally died laughing at that. And she thought, I guess she that's thought awesome. it was like racist at the time. But when she saw my name, she was like, okay, that's fair. That's fair for you to say. So I was that's very glad. Funny. As soon as she put it in my arm and she was like, all right, well, you're done. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna take my mask off. She was like, no, 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 no. Not yet. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Did you say that? I, I made a little joke about it. I was like, can I take my mask off? And she was like, nah, <laughs> no, nah, not yet. And I was like, all right, whatever. I think it's 10 days after your second one, you're considered fully vaccinated, which, I mean, you still wear the mask, but yeah, it's fine. Better than nothing. Yeah, true. It was weird. After my first one, my arm was sore, but I didn't like physically feel bad. But my second one, I was fine the night of, like my arm didn't even really hurt. And I woke up the next morning and rolled over and I was like, oh, and my arm was hurting. And we actually, we went to the grocery store. Um, that morning and i was so i mean it was i don't i i I imagine that's what like lsd is like (laughs) i've never done lsd but i mean it was i was so lethargic and like out of it yeah like we were at the store and julia was like go sit in the car like you're in my way i mean i was just stand (laughs) like i would just stand there and like fixate on something and i was just like staring off into space it was really weird i was just so lethargic and like out of it but um what did you watch this week? What did I watch this week? Um, geez, it's been my spring remember. break, so it's been I watched a whole bunch of different just while I'm working or while I'm editing or you know mm-hmm. doing stuff in the yard. Fuck, I forgot. Uh, cat. No wait, today's Thursday. Never mind. I thought I thought today was Friday. I was like, damn, I could yeah, cat. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. What did I see? Oh, I I uh, rewatched King of the Monsters with my dad. Mm. I I just found out he didn't watch it. And I was like, what? So I had a we had to watch it. Cool. I I kind of want to rewatch King of the Monsters. I, actually, I like I like that better than Kong. I'll be straight up with you. Than Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. 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 Obviously. It's I, pretty much very much story driven. I think, and, and we talked about this. Um, if you go check out our last episode, episode sixteen, I I, I love Godzilla versus Kong, and I, I I think for hype reasons and for what it meant, I liked it better. But I have to say. King of the Monsters was a better 
put together storyline and a better put together film. Yeah, it exactly. was. But yeah. um, I actually saw Julia Mouse Hunt this week. Have you ever seen Mouse Hunt? I remember it. I haven't seen it in a long yeah, time. Yeah, she I she didn't know what it was. Um, really? Yeah, she had never seen That's it before. Funny. So I showed her. I watched that kid or that kid. I watched that film on repeat when I was a kid. I loved it. It was hilarious. Um, I remember. I'm trying to remember a couple of what scenes. Are names? What are their names? Um, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. From the birdcage. From the birdcage? What's his name? What the hell is his name? I got to look it up now. I mean, I don't know if you're talking. I don't know if you're talking about uh... Nathan Lane, Nathan Lane, and Lee Evans. They're the two brothers. Mm. Nathan, I don't know why I couldn't think of Nathan Lane's name. I love him. He's hilarious, dude. Nathan Lane is awesome. Um, but I also just, again, while I've been editing and just trying to be mindless on spring break, because honestly, that's what I've been trying to do. Um, I watched Friday the Thirteenth. A New Blood. I watched Manhattan today. I watched Jason Takes Manhattan, which I know people think is the, it, and it is, it's the stupidest storyline that you could ever come up with. Because how the hell does he, how does he get that these like teenagers on this cruise or whatever get from Crystal Lake to suddenly they're in the ocean? Yeah. How does that happen? That doesn't make any sense. Get to an ocean from the lake. But it's just so fun. Like it's so stupid. You just kind of have to like suspend disbelief and just enjoy it. It's got such an 80s vibe, but I watched um, Dream Warriors 2, Nightmare Part 3. Oh, that's that's uh, Freddy Krueger, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, I was jumping. I, ju- I jumped all over the place, but I was just having a good old time because that's what I like to do. Um, and then I made my new background. I got my Halloween wall over here. Michael's face is hidden by my mic. But yeah, I would be very scared if I took a nap in that room. I would I actually took a nap in here today. I fell asleep watching (laughs) I fell asleep like right at the end of Manhattan. And then I was like, I'm gonna go sit on the couch. Because I got that little red couch in here. But um so let's hop into this. The 1970s. This was um what they called the new Hollywood era, or it was really part of the new Hollywood era. I believe that actually started in the 60s. Um, and then it kind of transitioned into the 70s, but you know films in the 1970s they they got a little bit grittier and they got a little bit deeper in meaning um the 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 topics and the subject matter was heavier um and and it was funny because right before we started filming before we came in here um i was actually talking to julia about this because one of her favorite movies ever is psycho she loves the original psycho from 1960 and you know, I was talking about like, you know, subject matter and how it's changed and how, um, you know, you, a lot of films from the 70s, you would not have seen in the 40s or 50s or even 60s. No, it was you know? too, uh, too well conserv- conservative, so to speak. You know yeah, I mean? they were very conservative back then. Um, even things that they considered taboo were like, you know, like that's nothing compared to what we see now. Um, but, you know, it, I don't think it's that the subject matter was any more serious i think it was always serious Mm -hmm. but it was in the way that it was presented like in psycho at the beginning um janet lee who's playing marion crane she's shown in a room with a man in her bra and a skirt and i mean that's you know uh, like that was a big deal you know her mom was telling her like that was a really big deal back then to show a woman in the room with a man implying 
that they just had sex and to show her in her bra like that was a really big deal even look at um i dream of genie or i love lucy they weren't allowed to show their belly button yeah like that was like and it's funny because it sounds so stupid now because i mean like yeah now that i think about it you get into them deep dark holes on netflix and stuff there are some there's some shit on yeah (laughs) it gets real deep and dark but it's just kind of funny to think like little things like that how the 70s started to really kind of push forward in terms of what you could show and get away with Mm -hmm. they definitely the 70s was definitely a time where they were like hey we got the opening let's just push the boundaries as much as we can yeah and i think a lot of a lot of movies in the 70s showed that in most of their work and uh i mean we were i mean i'm all here i'm all for it i mean most of the i have a good list of movies from the 70s that i like Mm -hmm. and i would rewatch. and uh i mean most of them were er, they still hold weight to this day right because they were i guess you could say pioneers of what all these other movies are doing yeah 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 well and i mean you know uh, look at like I mean, so many epics, like epic, big films, like The Godfather Mm -hmm. came out in the 1970s. Like films that, you know, you have the main plot, but there's also like so many subplots involved and it's just so big. Like, I I think that was kind of what they were going for was they were pushing the boundaries on what a film could be Mm -hmm. and what it meant. You know, there were always long films but I think when you can find ways to pack so much inside of one film, you know what I mean? That was a big deal. And I mean, look at even the atmosphere. I mean, you had everything from the Godfather to the exorcist to star Wars, to Superman. (laughs) I mean, just like so, so many different things. Yep. Um, Yep. And so many different, just like you said, pushing the boundaries of like what you could do. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of films really relied on, intense drama and like you know on an uncomfortable atmosphere you know yeah just like, think it, it, they were a lot more gratuitous mm-hmm. in what take, they showed uh, yeah take the exorcist for an example like yeah, that was there was absolutely there was no movies that like tackled that type of subject at no. all and well and like, tackled it that intensely you know what i yeah, mean for sure because I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard the stories of like when the Exorcist first came out and like how it like traumatized so many people. Yeah. Like, they I had barf I, bags at the theaters. Yeah, they were ready to go. And they've had people that are like still, I guess, somewhat traumatized to this day yeah. to watch that movie at the beginning. And like, yeah, I mean, that was something that nobody in the movie industries ever expected. Like mm-hmm. that was a huge leap. Definitely. And uh, look at that. It's one of the most, uh, I guess, one of the most popular horror movies. It is. Of, I mean, a lot of, of people decade. say it is the greatest horror movie of all time, more so than Psycho or Halloween. And I mean, that's saying something because there are some serious Psycho and Halloween fans out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I'm one of them. But I mean, and that the other thing with The Exorcist is it wasn't even it wasn't just gratuitous violence and like disgusting macabre material. Mm-hmm. It was with a kid. It was yeah, a child. Like, I mean, like the 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 things that were happening were happening to a child. Which I think that was like another level of like, like whoa, you know? Yeah, because you don't and, expect that to happen to a kid. Right. And like again, like back to like the conservative uh, cinema. Like when you see a kid, you think of innocence and all of that, mm-hmm. all that jazz. But the second you saw that and you saw what the kid was going through and like yeah. all the stuff 
uh, she would say. Like, that's not something you would expect a kid to say. Oh, not and at all. It just, not at all. Like, it just threw a lot of people for a loop. And I think that's why it worked so well, because it showed a new uh, angle to how uh, you can go about in storytelling. It's no yeah. longer, right. you, again, pushing the boundaries for mm -hmm. what a viewer can see. And it's kind of funny because also it, it didn't begin in the 70s, but the MPAA, the MPAA um, Motion Picture Association of America, their rating system began in 1968. So the 70s, really the first full decade that used the rated G, rated PG, rated PG-13, rated R, not rated. They, they were the first ones that really used that. And I mean, I, I'm going to say it because it needs to be said. There were titties. They were finally, and I'm not saying that it never happened, but I mean, look at, look at Psycho, look at I Love Lucy, look at, and I know th those are different TV shows, you know, those were TV shows oh, and stuff okay. like that, but I mean, no. I thought you were saying I Love Lucy had that. No, like, no, 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 but I'm okay. saying, I mean, we went from, it was so taboo to even show them in a bra, mm -hmm. with wearing pants, just shirtless. Mm -hmm. There were to titties now. now. Yeah. I mean, it's just, they're, there were i mean it's yeah you know it, it happened um and then the other thing that i find really interesting about the 70s is directors started to take real authoritative control mm -hmm. over films i mean look at what spielberg did with jaws or look at what george lucas did with star wars i mean those were those were their babies you know what i mean they built that story and that film from the ground up it wasn't a studio telling them what to do when they were just kind of the middleman they were really the 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 front runner to to campaign for that story and to get it made look at george romero starting with um i know he george romero had already done night of living dead which is another one like the exorcist that was a big deal you know um of course dawn of the dead came out in the 70s but just just a lot of really really cool stuff man i think it's because uh I think whenever during that time, like directors were, because like you know, like during the seventies was like the start of like almost most of these reboots that's been going on now. Yeah, like these yeah, directors, the directors during the seventies, like they all like took that risk, like they took that jump. They realized mm -hmm. the opportunity to try something different, and the fact that almost every single one of them stuck into the hearts of like most of our most of us as cinema lovers, like I think that's absolutely brilliant. And yeah, I agree. Like uh, all the directors you listed, like all of them took major risk. Uh, George Lucas honestly didn't really think much of uh, of Star Wars. He still kind of thought of really? it like, as a kid's show. He thought it was like a kid's thing. It was, it was like a kid's movie. I did not know that. There really wasn't much. Uh, and and uh, I think Come it's... I'm trying to open another beer. Oh, okay. I got <laughs> giving, me, giving me troubles. <laughs> but but uh, take... Uh, my God, I'm blanking on the first name of Star Wars. A New Hope. New Hope. Yeah, Jesus. Wow. Whenever I, it went... I just let let it be known, I just got that right and you didn't. I'm. I think I, I like Star Wars for all of you that that don't know, but I'm not a like. I don't look at the Last Jedi and want to violently vomit like most people do. You know, I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think it's, I think it's just a vaccine kicking in. I'm I'm forgetting my thoughts, but nevertheless. Um, when, when George Lucas came out with New Hope, he wasn't really expecting much from that movie. Like, it was just like a small little project for him. And it was like, as you can see, it's still, it, you can still consider it like a kid's movie because just the way it is. And, a kid's uh, movie? Yeah. 
I guess I need to go back and watch it. I haven't. I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something here. And you I know we're probably we're, we're, gonna, we're probably gonna lose all of our subscribers and all of our listeners. I've only seen it once or twice. The original. I know trilogy. I know plenty of people that've only. I've seen probably it. seen Rogue One and the newer stuff ten times more than I've seen the original trilogy. And I'm ashamed, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit ashamed. I actually own it. It's on my shelf. I have and the yet original he can, trilogy. And yeah, he didn't I just watch don't, it spring break. I, I just I didn't watch it on spring break. That'll yeah. be a commentary. We'll have to do we'll have to do a Star Wars commentary. But Oof, we can yeah. we can we can leave out the prequels. I'm okay with that. <laughs> no. I, I did. I started, I was like because I tried my dad had them all on VHS. He was a big Star Wars guy. Mm. And my mom and I actually tried to watch it when I was a kid. And we got like through like the first like 15 minutes and I was like, shut this shit off. I was like, this is terrible. But I didn't I didn't like it when I was a kid. But then going back and watching it as a teenager, I was like, okay. Our buddy Chris made me watch it. Are you talking about? Are you talking about the prequels still? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Um, you're talking about the original trilogy. Yes, I believe. I don't remember which one I tried to watch first, but I didn't like it when I was a kid. I don't. I just. I. It didn't. I. I, I think it kind of went over my head partially. I was too young. I mean, I'm talking. I was little, little. I wasn't like mm-hmm. twelve. I mean, I was. I was little, and I was like, I. I just don't have an interest in it. I just don't really care. I'm gonna go watch spider-man like i i don't know something like that but um yeah i i just it it didn't i, don't know. I mean it, it didn't, didn't hit you like i'm it not didn't gonna do lie. it for me it hits it hits people different ways some people like it some people don't like it and that's but, fine yeah but, and i mean honestly you know what did it i remember this this just hit me you know what did it and i i don't know we may have talked about this before when we did our star wars update a couple of months ago rogue one I honestly think is my favorite Star Wars movie. I really do. And I, I don't know, that might be like blaspheme <laughs> to a lot of Star no, Wars people, but I really, no. I think, Ro- I went and saw Rogue One with our buddy Jacob in the movie theater. And I had never seen any of them before. That was my introduction to Star Wars. And I walked out and I was like, I enjoyed that. I'm going to go back. And that was when I sat down and I actually watched the original trilogy and then i went and saw the force awakens and um the last jedi in the theater and i think i made it through one of the prequels and like halfway through the second one and i was like nah they i think bo- the third they, one the third they one, bored me revenge of the sith is probably one of my favorites of the prequel yeah. and, i don't uh, i don't i think that's the one i've never seen all the way through you'll probably like that one honestly yeah well, well we need to make that a commentary yeah we can but going back to like what I was saying about George Lucas in the seventies and all the directors is that like those, like they started something that nobody expected. Like those were like movies that uh, nobody was expecting to see during that time. But I think during that decade, like it made sense because it was a, during a time of like more like you, it was more. Uh, how can I say this? More open to like different yes. ideas. You know what I mean? Yes. Like from mm-hmm. the sixties to seventies, it was Definitely. like a transformation of like what is considered the norm like they were definitely like pushing um the boundaries again i'm gonna say boundaries a lot in this episode i'm sorry because they really did it makes sense yeah uh, yeah so like when i think about them i think that those people right there they truly are like the pioneers of what cinema is now Mm. if that makes sense yeah i think it was the i think it was the beginning of like you just said the transition into what the 70s and 80s and 90s 
were. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think, honestly, even the 2000s, I think that's another benchmark of like what we're at from where we're at now. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you can group together the 70s and 80s and 90s, and then you can group together the 2000s and up until where we are right now. I think that makes sense. You know, and, and at least in my brain, I mean, that that's subjective, but in my brain, that makes sense. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick was film music. Um, I actually just taught this in my, in my class, one of my classes. Um, synthesizers began to really make their way into, uh, into film music, electronic music. You didn't need a full orchestra anymore. You could have one person do the whole damn thing. <laughs> one person could do the entire movie. They could score the whole thing and oh. do it with synthesizers. Um, and perfect example is John Williams versus John Carpenter. John Williams, think Jaws, think Star Wars. It was very, it's very orchestral. It's very um, classic sounding. Mm -hmm. And then you have John Carpenter, think the score to Halloween, think the score to Assault on Precinct 13, think the score to The Fog. And, you know, anything like that, it's more synthesized. It's more electronic. Um, and that's kind of a cool little thing that started to happen too, but because really before that, that wasn't an option. That was like you, I, like you, you either couldn't. had you either you either had to get an orchestra, or I mean, your your movie was just going to be like a silent film, uh, very simple, you know, yeah. very 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 bare bones, simple. So I I think you know I I'm very I always pay attention to the music when I watch a movie that like that you know as a musician that's that's jumps out at me you know so i thought that was kind of interesting um let's hop into some movies here the highest grossing movie of the decade you know what it was what was it it was star wars uh, yeah a fucking of star wars was the highest grossing movie of the entire decade um i had it i don't know where it is now <laughs> But I do agree with that, and I'm not surprised at all because I mean, it just killed. <laughs> like uh, it I mean, did we kill. Can, we had a. I'm sure you can guys check out our oh here it Star is. Wars episode. But it yeah. made in 1977 when Star Wars came out, it made two hundred and twenty-one million two hundred eighty thousand nine hundred ninety-four dollars at oh. the globe world. That's global. That's worldwide box office. The second Jeez. highest grossing was Superman. And that only made $134 million. Mm. So Star Wars killed. Yeah. Killed. Um, Jaws was third. Grease was fourth. Smokey and the Bandit was fifth. Um, I'm not going to keep going on past that. But um, I, interesting. Yeah. That I Star think... Wars killed that much, you know? Again, because that's because it was just so different from anything else that's mm -hmm. happened. And I mean, look at it. I mean, the other sure. options you had was a superhero movie, a do uh, you know just a shark movie, and the other one was just a musical. Which, by the way, Grease was fantastic. Oh my god! Wow, you just said just a superhero movie, just a shark movie, and just a musical. Let's. I mean, think about. It. I mean, I, you know, I mean, <laughs> there, there's been plenty. There, there's been plenty of attempts of superhero movies during the time. That is and... that is three of the most popular movies ever made. And you're like just a shark movie it's jaws <laughs> it's the most popular of that category let's be honest though i mean yeah i mean you know how many like uh musicals there's been since uh greece there's been plenty 
And I'm I mean, obviously, it was a good movie. I'm not I'm not bashing Greece at all. I love Greece. But again, let me just emphasize that Star Wars was just out of the box. It was. It was very out of the box. It it really was. Also, let me say this now. Jaws, I swear Jaws is the only shark movie that really holds up today. Every time I see mm-hmm. even a modern shark movie like The Shallows or 47 Meters Down, that's not how a shark moves. And I'm not saying Jaws is perfect. Jaws, sharks don't roar. Yeah. But they just, I don't know. Sharks now, they need to get that right. Because it looks did. so CGI'd. It looks like they don't, I don't know, they don't zip around like that. Like that's not, I don't know, that's not legit. They're slow moving. As, and as they... somebody from Florida, that's not legit. Like I promise you, that's not how sharks, like if you see a shark swimming at you, they're not like, that's not what you see. You know what I mean? Brad has been face to face with sharks. I've not been face to face with sharks, but I've seen sharks enough to know that that's not how sharks move. (laughs) Also, sharks are not like predatory demons either. That like are like oh human. Yeah, they don't give a shit about humans. They don't want. They don't want us. I don't think people realize like how bad uh, yeah. the cinema has stigmatized sharks. Well, and I hate I to say it, but Jaws is the reason that cinema has stigmatized sharks. And I love me some Jaws. I own every one of them, even the crappy ones. I love Jaws is in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. But it completely killed sharks. It really <laughs> did. Because sharks are not bad animals. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not out to get anybody. They're just half the time when a shark attacks you, it's a mistake. They mm-hmm. think you're something else, or they're like, "Hey, what is this?" But yeah, you keep you keep defending sharks, okay? I will, dude. I will keep defending sharks, man. I will. I love sharks. Me um, too. All right, first film I had on my list was The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair, obvious. 1972, based on Mario Puzo's novel of the same title. Um, I didn't know it was off a novel. Holy shit! Yeah, it was off a novel. I actually tried to read it in high school. Couldn't make it. I couldn't do it. It's it's like that thick, and it's so long and oh, okay. drawn out. Like you think the movie is long and drawn out. The book is so long. I was like, I can't. I just I can't do it. I can't. I'm not as much of a reader. My wife mm-hmm. is a reader. She could probably do it. I can't. I'm. I can't do it. Um. But yeah, that movie is, uh, dare I say, it's in the top 10 greatest movies of all time. Agree. I, re- I, would, I would put it in the top 10. I have my Godfather poster up here. Um, and, you know, uh, that movie, um, uh, it has so many, it has its main plot about Vito and, you know, the, the main storyline about him, you know, declining the narcotics business and his assassination attempt and just everything that goes on in the main storyline. But there are so many subplots that deal with like, like we had talked about at the beginning of, of the episode, darker stuff, like stuff that, you know, the, the Godfather is one of those films that I, it kind of, again, it pushes boundaries of what you can talk about. It talks about um, domestic abuse. It, it talks about, racism and equality issues because a lot of people don't realize italians were persecuted too italian americans when they first came here and you know early 1900s they were persecuted that was you know just like really anybody who came to america because america (laughs) let's be real 
I mean, okay, yeah, we all we all face hardship. We every do. single I race mean, every, did. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, I even the cast in that movie, um, Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, James Caan, Robert Duvall, um, Talia Shire. I mean, there's that the cast in that movie is so stacked. It's 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 just amazing. Have you seen The Godfather all the way through? I've seen one. You've seen the first one? one? Yeah, I've seen the first one. All the yeah, and, and it's kind of funny. Luca Brasi, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I remember, and I'm sure, I, I'm sure every, every person has a film or, or even music or art or something that, you know, kind of hits them differently yeah. and resonates yeah. with them because of their, their heritage or their, you know, their, their race or, I mean, just, I'm sure things resonate differently. And for me, coming from Italian American descent, I mean, I, I can, I literally remember walking in my grandparents' house and the Godfather being on TV all the time, all the time. I mean, my grandfather could quote that movie and it's long. I mean, it's line a, from line. It is a long, he could quote that movie. Even the Italian parts. <laughs> like, Obviously, it was I guess, crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think everybody can cult- relate to culturally appropriate things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even the Godfather part two. I, this would be a fun episode, sequels that are better than the original. I, honest to God, think that the Godfather part two is better than the original. I really do. I think I it's mean, a better it, film. Well, that that that's another one. That'd be a great commentary to do. Mm-hmm. That would be a long one. Let's it be honest. It would be a long. It would be long. It would. I would. It would literally be like like five minutes of just watching, and then we would say something. Yeah, I mean, like, it, okay, that, we because we you literally have to dissect almost every single scene yeah. that happens in that movie. Yeah. Well, and, and 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 that's what I had said originally. It's like there's so much packed into that one movie like there's so many layers to pull back in that but that's what makes it so epic and so amazing too you know what i mean yeah i get it and um i mean i can't think of a i can't think of a movie in the 70s that was um culturally appropriate for my, my... well and i don't even just mean in the 70s i mean like overall oh okay, i mean i'm i gotcha. I'm, I'm at that overall but you know the the godfather it's always meant something to me because of what it means for my heritage and i mean i'm not we were never in the mob i'm not saying we were in the mob i'm not i I don't i don't want to mess with that but yeah yeah i mean it just it you know it's such a fantastic move both of them the third one is decent i honestly i don't know that i've seen the third one all the way through it's not as great Mm -hmm. but and i know there was actually talk of remaking it and i i one of those things i know we live in remake land and they have to remake everything but i just i don't know that that's that's one that i feel like they should just leave that alone Fair. I, be, I believe they talked about that with al pacino playing Vito, and then johnny depp playing michael i don't know michael or sonny or one of the two i don't remember that's but tough i mean we do have that a would be a tough crowd one. Yeah, we we ha- we still have a solid crowd that can do it. I mean, yeah. solid uh cast people mm-hmm. that that can be in that movie, and it'll still hit. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know if I'll have the same uh, I don't know resonance with the uh, yeah yeah yeah. Else. You know it I mean? wouldn't. Yeah, 
And I mean, that was definitely a product of its time. Um, and the other thing with the cast is a lot of the cast, I'm not saying they all were, and I, honestly, I'm not 100% positive, but I think a lot of them were of Italian descent, mm-hmm. which makes, I'm sorry, but it makes a difference. You know what I mean? It really does. It's cool. So that's just, that was one that I, 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 I we had to bring that up. I mean, it, we had to, you know? Yeah. So what was one on your list? Um, I don't know if you've seen these movies because it's, it's a it's a series of movies uh it's uh clint eastwood's dirty harry that came out in 1970 yeah 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 yeah. yeah. i haven't seen it in a long time <laughs> i have the collection it's been, a, it's been a while i have the collection so and you're talking about the first movie. one right yeah the first one because were there multiple out. that came out in the 70s i'm pretty sure there are a couple that came out but then like as it progressed mm. more like you could see like by the end of uh i don't know what which the last one was I yeah. think it was something um, I can't remember the name, but you can obviously see that he is aged, right, right, right. At that time, that was whenever he was like, you know, deteriorating. He's still alive. Oh, Clint Eastwood looks his, great. Yeah, he looks great, but he looked he looked aged at that one. Yeah. But talking about Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry, I mean that movie right there really set a lot of people off to a certain degree because it it like, I mean, it obviously it talked about a detective. A homicide detective that is trying to catch a um, a killer that's out on the loose. Do you know uh, that Dirty Harry is based on a real person, right? I did not know that. It's based on really. Uh, yeah, his name is Dave Toshi. It's the it's the Zodiac killer. The Zodiac killer oh. investigator. Yeah. Really? Yep. Because uh, holy crap! I need to look into that. Yeah, because if you watch the movie, like the person. Uh, Dirty Harry's looking after, looking, trying to catch. Like he wrote notes, he made random killings, and he wrote notes to like uh, the newsletter saying he wants all this uh, publicity, trying to do all wow. this, saying if you don't do this, I'll kill more of blah 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 blah. And uh, yeah, it, it it was pretty much the same premise as like what happened in the Zodiac killings. If you guys wow. haven't, you know, up checked up with the Zodiac uh, murders, I mean, it's an interesting story. It's sad, mm-hmm. obviously, but I mean, I mean, the fact yeah. that they still haven't caught him. That's what makes it way scarier. There's obviously theories left and right. There's like four or five like chosen yeah, suspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's been a lot of like pop culture material written or, you know, yeah, performed exactly. about that. Mm-hmm. So but, yeah, that's I, interesting one. But at the core of the movie and like everything that happens in that movie, like they definitely like pushed a lot of people's uh, limits because I mean it brought up um, racism. It brought mm-hmm. up like like legitimate killings. It brought up obviously what you said. You know, some nudity was in that movie, and I mean, it was just like it was a rated R movie, like without yeah. a doubt, one hundred percent. And uh, when you when you watch uh, Dirty Harry and how he acts, you can like tell like what kind of man this person is. Mm-hmm. Like he's obviously a racist, and it that was a tough time during the seventies because a lot of uh, a lot of people were getting a lot of gruff from the from the police at during that mm. time i mean this it's always been a problem but during that time is i think is when it started becoming more right. rampant i suppose if i'm mistaken correct me but yeah. um i mean that's even a theme in the godfather though yeah like you it's know? like it's it's common and like these movies at the time they were hitting topics that people did not want to talk about at all in the media mm-hmm. like the cinemas during that time they were like okay well if no one's going to talk about it we'll make a movie and we'll bring the subject up in this Mm -hmm. and that's where it happened and and 
Dirty Harry was just like one of those movies where it like talked about a lot of uh, problems at that time, and uh, it just it just went it just goes to show like how far the cinema will go to tell their story and to influence people, Definitely. influence us as viewers. Definitely. And Clint Eastwood already like the movie. Clint Eastwood, great actor. Did he write Dirty Harry? I don't think so. I think okay. he. Uh, I think he probably. Um, Actually, the, the 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 story of uh, Dirty Hair was written by like a person named what was his name? Harry Julian. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him, but he wrote it. And uh, Clint Eastwood was just an actor at the time. I mean, he went he was in a lot of movies, like from Cowboys to Police Officer to a mm. couple other cinemas. Like he was he was a prime. He's like he's like the Robert Downey Jr. of our time yeah. now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He was in every single movie. If you wanted a movie to like hit the box office like that's the man you want yeah so when that movie came out like it really propelled him to the moon like right the way he acted in that movie and the way everyone the way the story progressed and everything it was just a really solid movie and it's still loved by so many other people like i'm pretty sure i mean can, can you recite one quote from dirty harry i'm pretty sure you can you, you gotta have I, you gotta know the one quote i'm looking at i can't off the top of my head what is it okay go ahead and make my day oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. need to go back and rewatch that it's been too long since I've... there's so many there's it's so many like long. cheesy cheesy one-liners yeah. in that movie and it's hilarious yeah. but yeah that's that's one of the movies i kept i that was in the top of my head whenever i was thinking the 70s what movie. year did that come out do you know 1971 71 okay mm-hmm. so that was at the very beginning so mm-hmm. the dirty harry the godfather um the exorcist they were all at the beginning I'll tell you what, 74 and 75 were two really big years for comedy. You had Blazing Saddles. Uh-huh. You had um, Young Frankenstein. Both came out in 74. Mel Brooks, um, Gene Wilder starred. Um, you've seen Young Frankenstein, right? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. So funny. So such funny movies. Um, and then 75, you had Monty, Pompa, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Again, 75. Huge cult classic. It's a cult could, classic. Look, I, this man doesn't like it. OK, I'm going to kick him in the balls next time I see him. I'll drive up to Dry Ridge and kick <laughs> you straight in the gun. Um, I don't live in Dry Ridge. I always tell you that I don't live there. I don't um, care. I'll drive up there. Um. What was I gonna say? I oh. mean, like, my, like Our, that movie right there was like all slap chop comedy. Like that's what it, people it was. It was one of my professors in college. It's his favorite movie of all time, and we uh, we, we we stayed and we watched it one night. And uh, I just I don't know, man. It doesn't do it for me. I, I don't. It, at the end of Monty Python, when the cops show up, it, it's set in this medieval time, and when the cops showed up, I literally. I'm not kidding. In front of everybody, they were all like laughing and carrying on. And I was like, I said, what the hell was that? And they all started laughing and they explained it to me. And I was like, oh, did you, did you not know? Like, no, was, I had, I knew nothing about it before there's I a watched scene, it. There is a scene before that happens, like halfway in the middle of the movie, there's, there's like a, a, a man dies. And literally as the story progresses of, king arthur finding the holy grail a cop 
two cops show up to this dead body and they're trying to figure out what happened. Did you not see that? No. You I probably I, missed it. I mean, they told me moment, what happened after. But okay. I was just like, th- this movie set in medieval times and then two like cop cars show up. And I was just, I was like, what the hell is this? This doesn't make any sense. But I, I mean, I, I, I know it's a cult classic and I know people love Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, mm-hmm. Blazing Saddles is hilarious. Mel Brooks had some real winners in the 70s. Yeah, um, Young Frankenstein, you would love Young Frankenstein. Gene Wilder plays um, Victor Frankenstein's son, mm-hmm. and they're they're you know he's bringing Frank. I mean, it's just it's 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 a Frankenstein spoof. It is hilarious. Okay, I I, I actually watched that for the first time a couple years ago. Um, that's another one. Julia loves that movie. Um, Nineteen seventy five. One flew over the cuckoo's next nest. Amazing movie. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? No, 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 no. It's not a comedy, but I'm just saying. Okay. I thought thought you were still going through. I was like, this man thinks that movie is a comedy. No, 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 no. It's not a comedy at all, but it's a fantastic movie. I'm more mad that you didn't, that you didn't, out of all those comedies, I'm so mad you didn't mention Up in Smokes. I've never seen Up in Smokes. With Cheech and Chong? I've never seen that. Okay, that's fine. I mean, guys, I'm not going to. You love Cheech and Chong. Yeah. I remember that love when, it. even when we were in high school, you uh, you had a Cheech and Chong t-shirt, didn't you? I did. Guys, look, obviously you can tell who was a pot smoker in high school and who was not. You can. You can tell. Yeah. Who was, I, I was not a pot smoker. So, but I was even, even, even before I was doing all that shit, Up the Smokes was a funny ass movie. I've never seen it. All of them. You, that's what you need to show me. I've never seen it. I know. Cheech Marin, I remember he was one of the Latinos in, the, in that during that time that really like spun off in the whole uh, movie business. He's such a great actor. He's hilarious as hell. And then Tommy Chong. I mean, I don't see Tommy Chong in much movies. He's in that 70s shows a lot. You know, you know what I'm talking about? He's in that yeah, 70s yeah. show. Mm-hmm. And just the both of them, their chemistry together. Oh my God, it kicked off everything. And I had yeah. I think they had like a couple more movies after that. They had quite one a few movies together, right? Yeah. It, yeah. And all of it was hilarious. Because when you think about comedy back in the 70s, like they went through some shit. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if you go from the 50s and the 60s and like from the 40s to the to the 60s like they like the united states went through hell like they went through a war they went through the great depression there's just a lot going on so i think comedy during that time was such a needed it was. Uh, aspect for it was. for that for those people during that time mm-hmm. and people weren't granted there were some like really like again like they they brought up like serious matters in these movies but also people just wanted to laugh during that time because they've already yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They know what they're talking about Mm-hmm. That's why those movies back then are like again just like slap chop comedy. It's like just right. people falling over, people being dumb as hell, and just like showing the idiot the idiocy of these characters. Like mm-hmm. no one was going. No, some people just went to the movie just because they wanted to get away from the realities of what's going on. Right. right. And I think that's why comedy during that time was such a gold mine. Because there's so many good movies, as you said, with yeah. Blazing Saddles and obviously Cheech and Chong's Up in Smokes. Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. Um, and we get into the later seventies, 1976 Rocky came out. I Mm. love Rocky. That was another movie constantly on my TV. My dad is a huge Rocky fan. Um, I I read this and I didn't know this until I was, you know, prepping for the episode and looking at different seventies movies. Sylvester Stallone wrote the script for Rocky in three and a half days yeah can you believe that he wrote it for in three and a half days after watching 
um, Muhammad Ali and Chuck Webner, I believe is his name. Chuck I believe Webner. it's Chuck Webner. Um, okay. he, he, he wrote the script in three and a half days after watching them fight. Rocky is a fantastic movie. It won the Academy Award in 1976 for best yeah. picture. Mm-hmm. It won, and you, it won, and it, it, it well-deserved. It was amazing. Yeah, it was, a. I mean, that was like, that was like the start of like a great underdog story. You know what definitely, I mean? Definitely, definitely, yeah. Like yeah, an yeah. underdog story now is like, it's common. Like, like if you want a good movie, just make an underdog story. Yep. And that's, and, and Rocky was one of the first to do it mm-hmm. pretty much. I am. Yeah. Even though like, and it was, I'm not going to lie. I think that was one of the, like, that movie was so good because it showed an underdog story of someone who still lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That was that was insane. Like you would think, like, oh my god, he's gonna get through this. He's gonna win. He's gonna do he's gonna it. He's gonna champion. win. And then, boom! Guess what? He lost. Yeah. Well, and and I think part of the theme of Rocky, and really part of the whole Rocky series, because um, I love the whole series. I don't, I don't know. Have you seen every one of them? Every single one. They're so. F- good man yeah um but that but part of that theme you know even when he's talking to his kid in rocky balboa in part five um you know and he says about like you know it's not about you know how hard you can get hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward my brother actually has that in his bedroom jeff's got that like a that poster of rocky standing there in philly Mm -hmm. with his fist up um but that that's part of the theme i love that he loses at the end Mm -hmm. because it's like you know he doesn't even give a shit that he lost. Like he doesn't care. It's about the fact that he made it there and he kept pushing and Adrian, you know what I mean? At the end, Adrian, both of his eyes are all like bloody and bruised. Adrian, I'm sure he can't even see, you know what I mean? No, not at all. But it just, I I love the end of that movie. It's so good, man. It's such a classic film. And also like Rocky, honestly, like, took part of like the, the decades you know what i mean like it talked about sub- yeah 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 decade. like it talked about like like take it for uh rocky four when it was talking about like you know when it was a uh, rocky versus uh dolph lundgren drago mm-hmm. like that was like during the cold war like that was a touchy subject if he dies he does he does <laughs> <laughs> to I this day lundgren. i hate dolph Lundgren. i mean he's a great actor but i think he's a I just I don't know that like I only think Ivan Drago and I'm like you douchebag like every <laughs> time I see him in a film I'm like I just think Drago um, yeah yeah I gotcha he's, another he's a good one actor. yeah 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 he's a great actor Dolph I don't mean that personally man I think you're great <laughs> I just I only see Ivan Drago when I look at you mm-hmm. um another great one from 1976 the King Kong remake with Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lange mm, okay I actually just ordered this. I tagged you on Facebook. You did um, in the in the trailer. I just ordered the Shout Factory um, collector's edition. It's got a a poster with new art, and it's got the Blu-ray with a whole bunch of different special features on it. Um, it's a good remake, man. That's a fun remake. That that that'll make a good commentary for for one of these days. Once I get that copy and we can sit down and watch it, mm-hmm. um, I'm curious to see what special features are on there. Um, and, and you know that was kind of. I would love to be- see those behind the scenes of. Those yeah, of yeah, I'm kind of really excited to see the special features behind that because, you know that I actually have a quote here um, from Lorenzo Simple on writing that film because you know the original film, you know, and and it's funny because you look at the original Kong film from the 30s and it yeah. looks so. 
it it's like, like people it looks playing. ridiculous. You know what I mean? It looks like people playing with toys. It's stop motion. He yeah. moves so like it's just, it's weird looking now mm. but i mean back then do you know how taboo terrifying. and how terrifying that would have been it would have mm. been amazing um so here's what the one of the writers had to say he said we made a very deliberate attempt not to be anything like the original movie in tone or mood dino talking about dino de laurentis um, wanted it to be light and amusing rather than pretentious. I don't think the original was meant to be mythic. The original King Kong is extremely crude, and it is. It's like we just said, it's very taboo. It's very like to the point and blunt in a way that movies typically weren't back then. Yeah. Um, he said, I don't mean it's not wonderful. It was remarkable for its time, but it was a very small backlot picture. And we thought times had changed so much that audiences were more sophisticated. Dino felt that we could have that we could have more fun with it we hope to do sensational things with advanced special effects on a big screen and to be completely honest that's exactly what that king kong remake is it's fun um kong isn't necessarily scary in that film even in peter jackson's film i mean you come to love him yeah towards the end but at the beginning he's still like he's it kind of shows him in darkness. It shows him in shadow. Um, and the original film, Kong was sort of the villain almost. He in, was definitely the villain. Yeah. And this remake, I mean, and it's kind of funny now because like, I like when her and Jack are in the bar, when they're in New York and Kong has escaped and the military's coming in and they're, they're in New York. And he looks at the window and Kong is like, <laughs> He does that weird like <laughs> smile thing. Like he's almost attracted to her. Yeah. All the time you just get this like, <sighs> and he's very, breathing very really creepy. hard. And it's like, uh, it's kind of strange, but yeah. um, it, I, I had never read that quote before. I didn't know that they were going for kind of more of a, um, uh, a lighter kind of more amusing. And, and there are serious parts of the movie. That's not to say that it's a comedy or that it's a spoof. Um but it is more of a lighthearted take on Kong. Um, it's a good remake. I enjoy that remake. I think it's, I think it's pretty fun. I, I agree. And uh, I would definitely, we definitely need to do a commentary on it. We do. I would love, I'm, to, I'd love to talk more about it. I, I'm, like I said, I'm really excited to see the behind the scenes on that. Cause mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious how they, how they did a lot of that. It was also a change to have him climb the world trade center rip. Yeah. But Jesus that was Christ. a good, that was a good scene though. When he yeah. jumps from the the north tower to the south tower whichever one that is i mean that was a cool scene it was cool mm-hmm. it was kind of a cool twist having him on the world trade center instead yeah um and then i know we we have to we have to star wars the great space western yeah of the 1970s mm-hmm. uh, you you could probably enlighten with star wars a little bit more than i can because you know and we've we've touched on it briefly but um, I, I think Star Wars was a a groundbreaking film for a whole lot of different reasons. I think it's because, hold on, my my computer about to die. Hold on, there we go. We're good to go. Sorry, I heard I heard that beat. <laughs> that laptop about like, to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was low key scared. Like this is not going to end well, guys. But uh, I mean, okay, yeah. If you want to talk about Star Wars, we can because. Uh, because when it came out, I mean, we already touched base on it, but yeah, it's pretty much a really great uh, 
space western and mm-hmm. westerns were such a big thing they were yes back yes. in the 60s like even from the 50s absolutely. like back in black and white like westerns were such a hit absolutely so taking that theme of a western movie and put it into outer space is mind-boggling for a lot of people it because uh because no one no one really thought of like having of a movie in outer space would make <laughs> sense because nobody mm. knows anything about right. space during that time. So whenever that movie came out, like it was so interesting to see different types of uh, um, aspects of outer space. And it just created this whole new world where cinema can go to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, it opened and I, up this whole new avenue. Right. And, and that's, I, I think that's part of the reason that we have the Mandalorian today and that we have Rogue One and we have all of these spinoffs because it, George Lucas was genius in that he built his own world. We mm-hmm. don't know what's, you know, uh, especially 30, 40 years ago. I mean, obviously we know more than now than we did then. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, we don't know what space would be like if you had all this crazy technology and these different creatures. I mean, there it's just, he creates, similar to what like J.K. Rowling did with Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling took the idea of Star Wars had made Harry Potter. That's a hot topic, but whatever. I've never heard that before. You're the first person I've ever heard that. From. It is. I'm not. It's it's about a it's about a boy, the chosen one, who's being led by a mentor, <laughs> and their battles are based on fucking wands. Just compare it with Star Wars. You mm. you got it. You got it. That's pretty okay. much what happened. But never mind. I, I That's love a topic for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> I love Harry Potter. A lot, a lot of my friends um, would probably kill me if I if I they hear me say that. But yeah, I, something else that I read about um, Star Wars that I didn't ever really think about, but it kind of makes sense. Did you know that George Lucas was heavily inspired by the gospel and like the the story of Christianity? If you think about it, look look at Anakin. And of course, this didn't happen until the later sequels. Obviously, we didn't flesh this out. Mm-hmm. But he was heavily inspired by Christianity and that Vader is, he's a messianic character. He's conceived of a, a virgin birth, but unlike Jesus, he, he stayed with the dark side. He reverted back to the dark side. He didn't, he didn't switch and go the, the correct way. Mm-hmm. He, Vader stayed. So th- I thought that was kind of interesting. I'd never thought about it that way, but it makes sense, you know, and wow. I'm sure, I'm sure there are other little Easter egg type um nods in there but i thought that was kind of interesting you know yeah i i agree you're probably but that you're talking about like star wars as a whole as a whole i mean yes yeah as a whole and i don't know i don't know similar to like john carpenter with halloween i don't know how far down the line he had planned i don't know if he knew that there was ever going to be a part two or a part mm -hmm. three or let alone a part what is that nine that we just ended with i mean of the main tri- sequels i mean for star wars yeah i mean yeah. i don't know episode but nine yeah i mean that you know so i, I don't mean, know how far down the line he thought about that but yeah I, yeah i have no idea and uh but it looks like they're on a good track so far yeah yeah mm. but um going back to like whenever uh star wars initially came out like the introduction to darth vader which by far, still to this date, is one of the most uh, influential uh, villains of oh of, he is of, of Ab- all time. Absolutely, like seeing him, like 
enter in the craft uh, that uh, Princess Leia and just his presence there. It showed like like true like evil coming from that man, and uh, people just fell in love with him yeah. because the I way mean, he dressed and James Earl Jones voicing Darth Vader, beautiful. Just, <laughs> I don't think he did that, but. Okay. Okay. I'm done. You're gonna need. You're gonna need a cane <laughs> mic. I'm that. done now. Take <laughs> but, away my uh, mic. I mean, yeah. dare I say he's the most famous villain of all time? Yeah. I think much. Thanos is up there of, now. Of I cinema. Mean, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think he, Darth Vader, is probably the most famous villain of all time. Yeah. Like not even Palpatine, and even though he is like you know supposed to be the true main villain. Darth Vader was like the most evil villain yeah. or the most popular villain of all time, without a doubt. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, 1977, Saturday Night Fever came out. That's another great John Travolta movie. Um, John Travolta then, had a time of his life. During he that did. Time. John Let's Travolta had a lot. I also, I forgot to even mention this. Did you know, and I couldn't name them all off the top of my head, but I found this um, on Wikipedia as I was in my deep, dark 1970s hole couple days ago okay jack nicholson was in 15 films in the 70s in that decade he was in 15 different films are you serious yeah i gotta check that out right now that's pretty wild that's a lot obviously one flew over the cuckoo's nest mm-hmm. um what else was he in five easy pieces five easy pieces mm-hmm he was also in the Rebel Rousers. Okay. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that one. I check it out. It's pretty good. And uh, he was in a couple of Westerns too, if I'm not mistaken. Because that was like mm. the thing. Yeah, it was. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. Most of the movies he was in in the 70s, I mean, they weren't, they're not too popularly known. Right. I mean, yeah, I, it, I think he was, he was kind of young still. I mean, he wasn't mm-hmm. very old. Um, but I love Jack Nicholson. I think he's great. Yeah. I think he's, he's one a- of the greatest actors of all time great Easily. actor yeah um is one of one that flew over the cuckoo's nest is that a is that the one where he's like here's johnny no oh no that's a shining my bad right are you kidding me i'm sorry I'm did you really just now. say that yeah we did i'm 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 a little tipsy and, <laughs> Guys, I, and I'm, I'm, so sorry. I'm shocked <laughs> that you just said that um sorry. yeah that's the shining one flew over the cuckoo's nest is when he's in the uh the mental hospital uh are you kidding me? I'm blanking. I'm not gonna We lie. host a movie show, dude. <laughs> I'm blanking, man. This whole like vaccine well, right I now. I guess that's solidified. We're doing a one floor of the cuckoo's next commentary <laughs> at some point. So be on the lookout for that, people. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> um, that's fine. But um the last one I had on my list was Superman from 1978, which again, Christopher Reeves, I, it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. good movie honestly all three of his films i think there's three right yes superman superman, superman... one superman returns no that's the new one what are they called i don't know i don't know what they're look called. at you look at I you think blanking I think out too my guy i am i am blanking on those it's been a long time since i've seen those two but they're great um i briefly wanted to touch on because it's me 70s horror mm-hmm we already talked about The Exorcist. 1974 was a big year. We had um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which groundbreaking. Again, 
And, and it's kind of funny because as I look at my list and I'm just not realizing this, but you know, the eighties, which we're touching on in our next episode, um, it was a little bit more lighthearted horror. Um, the 70s, every one of these titles I have written down for the horror genre are dark. Like they're dark, they're gritty, they push the boundaries of what horror was. I mean, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's not a bloody film by any means, but it's just the, a dirty film. The atmosphere, and like you said, it's dirty. It kind of makes you feel like, wow, I want to take a shower and I was gonna like, say that, yep. read my Bible after this. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it just makes you feel like, oh. Like the 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 atmosphere, the set, and the scenes, and the way shots are set up, it, it makes you feel gross, um, and, and that was that that was the goal. I mean, that film. I mean, even look at, you know, the, the they got in trouble because the set was so awful. I mean, there were actually like dead, rotting animals like on set and things like that. I mean, it was terrible. It was a terrible movie making experience, but it's it's one of the greatest horror films of all time yeah um, i didn't realize it was that bad yeah too. they yeah the set there's a whole lot of stuff about um the behind the scenes of the texas chainsaw massacre that it was just it was rough it was really rough and they filmed it in texas so i mean it was Hot. i think it was like 109 degrees a lot of days i mean like they had to like it, it, it was rough it was really rough um toby hooper did a fantastic job with that movie um Black Christmas from 1974. That was another one. Bob Clark, who it's kind of funny because Bob Clark, he wrote Black Christmas, um, which for those of you who don't know, Dave McRae and Bruce Dale are doing a, an unofficial sequel to. Check out our trailer reaction. It's going to yeah. be fantastic. That movie's going to be awesome. We'll add the link um, in this one. In this we will. I'll, I'll, I'll post the link in the comments. Um, Bob Clark wrote Black Christmas in 1974. Fantastic slow burn slasher film. And then he went on to write a Christmas story in uh, 1983. <laughs> I and it's kind of funny because he it's like two Christmas films, but one is a dark slasher film, and the other one is it's a Christmas story. Joyful, yeah. You know, it's just kind of funny. Um, Jaws in 1975. We talked about that was game changing. Mm. I mean, people people didn't want to go in the water after that movie. I mean, that was that was unbelievable. Um, one of the most successful films of all time um carry the hills have eyes george romero's dawn of the dead which was incredible i mean george romero i'm a big zombie fan as we've talked about before um george romero's zombie films were incredible and dawn of the dead was i, I don't know if i'd say it's his best of the original trilogy i think night of the living dead is probably my favorite out of his original night day dawn mm-hmm. um or night dawn day um but it, it was great. And then, of course, 1970s gave us the greatness. John Carpenter's Halloween. Which, which I still haven't in, seen. I know. God, yeah. We're going to change that. I, after this series, I'm going to change that because I think some Halloween Kills stuff is going to... I'd say we'll probably get a Halloween Kills poster. Um, maybe another teaser before we get the actual trailer i would say like sometime in the summers when they'll start kicking that stuff off you know what i mean yeah we got the poster in may and i think we got the trailer in june for halloween 2018 Mm -hmm. so i I think they're going to be kicking that off pretty soon um 
So I am going to get you caught up. So we're, we're going to devote an episode to talking about Halloween 1978 and Halloween 2018 and our predictions for Halloween Kills and Ends because I'm one of those people. I, have, I know there's a script out there. I know that there are a million plot leaks. I don't care. I don't want, I'm, I'm not going to read the script. That's, that is something I have chosen. I'm not going to read the script. I want to, I mean, I know subliminal things. I know about the flashback. I know about Loomis. I know all of that stuff, but I don't surface level. So yeah. I'm okay with surface level spoilers, but mm-hmm. I don't want to know like this person dies in this way by this. Pro- I, I don't want to know that, like save that, you know? Yeah. I hear you. So but we will devote a whole episode of that because I am going to get Miguel caught up. Okay. Um, but Halloween came out and I, you know, I wanted to touch on Halloween because it changed the horror genre forever. It really mm-hmm. did. It was, it became the highest grossing independent film of all time at one point. Um, $300,000 budget, maybe $325,000. It wasn't a lot. Um, so many callbacks to you know og horror to to psycho everything from casting janet lee's daughter which of course jamie lee curtis is janet lee's daughter from psycho um janet lee played marion crane in psycho um sam loomis who was the who was the um the psychiatrist in psycho yeah at, at the very end um I'm trying to think. Lieutenant Thomas Doyle, I think, was his name. That was where they got the... Tommy, Tommy Doyle's okay. name, the kid. Yeah. That, yeah. It, from Rear Window, Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window, he was the cop, and John Carpenter took him to, you know, write the script for Halloween, and he played the kid, you know? I mean, it just, little things like that. Ha- Halloween is such an incredible film. It was such a different horror film because it's about what you don't see. It wasn't mm-hmm. very gratuitous. It wasn't very bloody. You don't see a whole bunch of kills. It's more about Michael lurking in the shadows and what you don't see. Um, it, it's simple plot. And then the other thing that I think makes Halloween so incredible is you had the, the Van Helsing storyline of Dr. Loomis. Because Dr. Loomis is like Michael's Van Helsing. He is Holy shit. the wow. force that is trying to stop Michael. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that that's amazing. So I am as you can see behind me, if you're watching on YouTube, I am a Halloween fanatic. Yeah. Even even here, I have all Halloween shit above me. I mean, I'm, you know, we're going to be talking about Halloween kills. For sure. To and say the I, least, just like, will be. Even yeah. behind me, I got all my Halloween, t- I got my Halloween 2 VHS. And... Yeah, this man has like five masks sitting right there. Oh, I do. And it's a I have freaky. I have the H1 mask. I have H2, um, H4, H6 h18 i need to get i need to get five h2o resurrection and rob zombies and i'll have them all but it, it is a goal to have them all it's a goal that's like five more man you're not that far i know Jesus. i know it's a goal I, i'm i'm being dead serious i want every single one of them but okay all right that's for i'll day. find i'll find some for you that's you for know, day. pretty soon but um i wanted to talk about this real quick because seeing like how like gung-ho you are for like the horror movies like mm-hmm. I was always like a big fan of uh, the martial arts genre of movies. Oh, like during the I 70s. see what you're doing. Yeah, like so. Uh, I I mean I have a background of you know martial arts and uh, you know the martial arts uh, genre was always one of my favorite. And the '70s is when it absolutely blew Definitely. up. Like I'm glad you're bringing I, this up because I didn't have any of these on here. Really? On my list? No. Oh my yeah. goodness! I could literally name like five off the top of my head. Enter the Dragon. 
Drunken Master, mm. New Fist of Fury, and uh, Fist of Fury from Bruce Lee, and uh, what else? Shaolin Wooden Man. Like all these other like, like you perfect, like perfect. you guys have not seen these movies probably. You guys, if you guys think of like martial arts movies, you probably think of like Jet Li, Jackie Chan, and Bruce Lee. But let me tell you, uh, the two that I mentioned before. Uh, Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, they are the ones that propelled the genre to new heights. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Bruce Lee was like obviously trained from Ip Man and um, he created this new martial arts, Jeet Kune Do, and uh, he incorporated the idea of just martial arts in general, like a combination of all different types of training. And he came to Hollywood and he just blew up the entire scene. He blew up Hollywood with all these movies. Take uh, Enter the Dragon. Uh, I think it's one of his, I think it's like second to last movie before his untimely mm-hmm. pass. Again, an absolute classic. And um, Game of Death, which was the last movie that he made, that one had to be like made, splice him in a couple of movies because he died during the making of that. Mm. And it's just those movies in general, like they were such like great uh, martial arts movies, even though like now if you watch it, you could tell that there's no contact whatsoever. Yeah. to some of them but it's just the feel of those movies and also the soundtrack of them like it was very 70s like you could tell and like it started the you know you know how uh 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 what's his name quentin tarantino does that like zoom in thing of people's yes. eyes yeah 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 it, that like that i think that i'm pretty sure that came from that quentin tarantino Chinese, thing. yeah yeah because you know he has a couple of he, he does a couple of things he he takes yeah. these things from really old movies and one of them was martial arts movies just mm-hmm. like the type of atmosphere and the zoom in of the face like those things are like um tactics that these uh martial arts movies have made and like mm. when you watch them they're just such great movies and uh so I talked about Bruce Lee, and then and uh, whenever he died, um, Jackie Chan was the one that came out. And mm. Jackie Chan, again, like Jackie Chan is probably one of my favorite actors. Like acting wise, he's okay, but in the movie, <laughs> I'm being I'm being real. I'm being real. Okay, let's let's just say it. you guys probably only know Jackie Chan from Rush Hour One, Two, and Three, and those are good movies, but. Again, acting is not there for him, but he's still a great actor in, in what he does. So whenever uh, Bruce Lee died and Jackie Chan became like the face of like the martial arts, like Jackie Chan knew like he had a lot to live up to. Yeah. He did do his thing at the time. Like he worked with Bruce Lee at one time. Uh-huh. I don't did think, he really? Yeah. I didn't know and, that. I enter the dragon. That. Enter the dragon. There's a scene when he's when he's in the cave and he's trying to escape. Bruce Lee's trying to escape and he's using all these different weapons to attack people. And uh. there is one character that he hurt tremendously with a solid whack of a baton straight to the dome. Mm. That was Jackie Chan. Young Jackie Chan. Wow. Just, you know, being an extra. And I would uh, have to re I would have to rewatch you, you that. Have, you would have to you have to catch That's it. That's pretty funny funny story uh so jackie chan was talking about it he's saying like he's he's up next to get you know whopped by bruce lee and bruce lee <laughs> just like straight like really good real gung-ho acting he goes right at jackie chan's dome and just like ends up knocking him down and jack and everyone in the fucking studio knew that jackie chan was hurt like he was knocked and but bruce lee was just staying in character just like the whole time the entire time just walking away and as soon as the guy said cut 
this shows how big of a heart Bruce Lee had. He literally, as soon as the director said cut, he literally dropped the baton, ran to Jackie Chan, picked him up, and was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I hurt you. And obviously, obviously <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Jackie Chan was like, I did not so know awesome. any of this. Yeah. And, you know, Jackie Chan being Jackie Chan, because you know this man has taken fucking falls. Yeah. Right. He's oh, taking yeah. Damage. Definitely. So I, I believe really Jackie Chan always did his own stunts, didn't he? Yes. I'm sure a lot of these guys in these martial arts films always did their own stunts. They did. And if you watch some of Jackie Chan's movies, at the end of the movies, they're, they have blooper reels. And it's not uh-huh. just like acting of blooper reels. It's him doing stunts and him yeah. up. And this man has probably broken almost every single bone in his body, so mm. to speak, just doing these stunts. Like he is a master stuntman. Like that's how he got oh, his start. For sure. sure. For sure. So during the 70s, Jackie Chan, was whenever whenever Bruce Lee on time passing, Jackie Chan was next in line to be like the, the, the what's it called? The spotlight was, t- it was his time to shine. And both Jackie Chan and, and Bruce Lee, like they set the tone for these movies. And obviously there's plenty of other uh, martial arts movies that we'll talk about later on in the decades. But during the 70s, it was like the core time whenever they started making them and mm. they were making them brilliantly like again the yeah. score the cinematography the action sequence because action sequence wasn't really a thing yeah. if you think about it like take take dirty harry like the fight scenes were pretty mm-hmm. you know bland and you take uh star wars like again lightsaber battles but they were still bland like there was right. no like decent right. like choreography these martial arts movies pioneered all of that mm-hmm. like it put everyone like For if sure. you if you guys like uh if you like John Wick, if you like how he acts, if you like how he like fights all these assassins, guess what? Thank Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. because they're the they're the first people to make those types of movies where they they're pioneered that. You're right. Yeah. So again, like these movies, again, were just like pioneered so many things that we love to see in the movies now. For sure. And I give so much props to those to those movies, even though it's not well known to the general audience, like. If you love the movies and you want to like delve into a different sub, different genre, the martial arts, uh, you know, kung fu movies, they're gr- they're they're great. Yeah, one hundred percent would recommend it. Uh huh. My dad was always really into all of those. Um, you know, I know different era, but blood sport. Um, mm-hmm. all the Jean Claude Van Damme, Bruce Lee, Jackie yes. Chan, all of that. Yes. I mean, just all of that stuff. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. Bum bum bum. No, I'm kidding. If you had to pick a top five from the 1970s. Top five from the 1970s? Top five of, of what we just talked about. If you Holy had to pick shit. a top five. I know it's tough. I told you I'm putting you on the spot. I mean. I, I gave you no warning. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. I didn't even prep for that. We guys, we, that was like one of our ideas of like, are we going to choose our top fives? We, I mean, I don't. Did did you? I wrote a top. Yeah. I mean, I okay. just. I, I just jot, it, it's not. It's not said it doesn't have to be anything I crazy. Know, I know. I've already talked about a couple of them. It's obviously yeah. uh Enter the Dragon for me. Star Wars would be in there, right? Star Wars is in there. And uh Dirty Harry and uh The Gods Must Be Crazy, which we've talked about in our top movies of all time. Mm-hmm. That's still in there. And then uh what else? I gotta I gotta pick one. Oh, it's gonna be uh, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. That was in the 70s really was yep. it really yep that was another one i didn't think to talk about any godzilla stuff but i mean i, I, we, I didn't even think about it 
That's we talked fine. about a whole lot just we now. We talked a whole lot. I could did. give you I could give you a whole spiel on the whole uh show up period yeah. of Godzilla. That yeah. was just I mean, it was just a good again, there were just so many people what they did too mm-hmm. uh pioneered a lot of things for monster movies as well. For sure, for so. sure. Um my what top five would have to be um Halloween, the Godfather Part Two from 1974, Jaws, um, the 76 remake of King Kong and rocky i gotta throw rocky in there yeah so that that would be my top five but guys thank you so much for listening to this this has been part one um, of our new series called decades so next week in episode 18 we are checking out the 1980s in film and that's gonna be a really fun one the 1980s man we went from crazy. we went from a new era to just like just throw all the coke on the table let's go like we just went wild in the 1980s um but please if you would let us know what are your top five top ten what are your favorite films from the 1970s uh if you're watching on youtube leave us a comment let us know if you are listening on spotify or apple or google please tweet at us at we talk the movies let us know uh what your favorite 1970s films are announcement this week this friday actually we are kicking off our new movie news show um let's talk movie news and we'll just be talking the movie news of the week um that'll be just kind of a fun laid-back show uh and that'll premiere on friday evening at 8 p.m eastern standard time um same places youtube spotify apple google wherever you listen to podcasts and that's going to be a good old time we're just going to be talking this week's movie news um real loose real laid back uh next week again we are talking the 1980s so be sure to be on the lookout for that um leave us a like and a comment and uh we will talk to you all soon hope everything is good in your world peace peace